0: This is Talk for Freedom, a podcast sharing the truths about human trafficking and highlighting those in the fight to end it with your host, Cesar Lopez with For Freedom Initiative and Chuck Paul with Chuck Paul, LLC. everyone. It is 2023. This is your host, Cesar Lopez with Chuck Paul. We've got also a special guest here, Cecilia Lopez-Kander with For Freedom Initiative. Um, we're so glad to have everyone back. We're, we apologize for the long pause that we've had in getting new episodes out. But um, as always, things get busy and we are back in the swing of things this year in 2023. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and we wanted to bring you an episode that talks a little bit about what these two um, people are with us, Chuck and Cecilia and what their organizations do. Uh, and just share a little bit about, um, you know, how they impact, uh, human trafficking, how they are stopping it, bringing it to an end and the work that they're doing. And so we just really want to start off. I want to give you a stat really quick here that is coming from allies against trafficking, uh, or allies against slavery, um, stats, you know, there's different types of research that different organizations do, but, um, I wanted to share this with you. The data basically says that human trafficking is getting worse. Um, And according to the International Labor uh, Organization, up to 50 million people experienced forced labor in 2021, including commercial sex exploitation or forced uh, marriage in the last year. And 50 million is a lot. That's about 10 million more people in modern day slavery today compared to 2016. So that really gives us a clear indicator that this is a huge problem. Um, that's one of the questions that we often get asked, is this really a problem? Is it really a problem in my city? Is it a problem in the US? Is it a problem in my state? And and the truth is, yes, it is. We see it uh, every day. Uh, and and. Through the information that Cecilia and Chuck will share, you'll be able to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, and that's what we want to do is bring awareness to the issue, uh, educate you, share some information on how people and what other organizations are doing in our city to combat human trafficking. So I just want to start off with uh, Cecilia, For Freedom Initiative is the organization that you and I belong to. We're an awareness organization. Uh, share with us a little bit about you know how we do that here in San Antonio, what are the things that we're doing?
1: Sure. Well, first, um, thank you, Seth and Chuck for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to y'all, uh, on your podcast. Um, so for Freedom Initiative, we firmly believe in spreading awareness on what human trafficking is. We do that through several different ways. We have social media channels. Um, we go wherever we're invited to speak in person. Um, every once in a while, we will make videos and share them. Of course, we have the podcast. Um, and so we're always trying to cre- think of creative ways to share awareness as and to educate our community and just anyone who will watch on what human trafficking actually is. Uh, we do firmly believe that if we are making the public aware of what human trafficking is, we essentially are preventing it from even happening. Um, so that, that's what Four Freedom Initiative exists for. And, and we're really happy that we're able to serve our community in that capacity.
0: Yeah. Um, no, thank you for sharing. And awareness is key. Um, again, oftentimes uh, people feel or think that um, awareness isn't as important, that it's more important to, you know, be uh in in the actual um, fire and rescuing people and bringing people out of slavery, which is also an important job. But but if people aren't aware and they're not educated on the issue, um, then they can't spot the things that are happening around us. I think awareness is huge. Um, some things you mentioned the podcast, so so we have. You know, about 37 episodes out there, um, and you know, a variety of different topics all around human trafficking with statistics, red flags, organizations, all of that. Um, But one of the things that we're starting this year um, is we're also doing a uh, survivor scholarship. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure, we're excited to have launched something called the Dove Survivor Fund or Scholarship Fund. Um, this has been kind of a, an idea that our team has had for several years, and we're so excited that we finally are able to share it with with everyone because, you know, it takes a lot of work to put behind the scenes and get parameters around it and, and put it on our website and make it official. But um, what what the scholarship basically is, is to help survivors be able to return back to school, get an education, whether that be to finish their GED or to uh learn a trade or to go to vocational school. It doesn't have to be a university. It doesn't have to be a four-year college. But if it is, you know, we also want to encourage that. Um, the way that we've designed the scholarship is um, a survivor has to be working with one of our partner organizations already. And this is because we've seen success with working with our partner organizations to be able to be in a really good aftercare program. And that way they have the support that they need because school is going to get hard. It's going to get tough. Um, getting an education is going to have a lot of stress come upon them, but we want them to be able to work in an environment where they're really going to thrive and and finish and be able to see you know every dream that they've had, every goal that they've set for themselves to be a reality for them. And we just want to make, be able to provide a little bit of financial assistance to help them get there. So what what's happening right now is we launched it early this year in January for the spring semester. Um, but that doesn't give a lot of time. So our application is going to be due here in about a week or so. So if any of our partner organizations are listening and they're working with women who want to um, be able to return back to school or even men, not not just women, but a survivor that you're working with that wants to go back and get an education somehow, uh, please have them fill out the application, work with them to do that and, and give us a heads up so that we can start reviewing it. Um, we'll give you a little bit more time once the fall semester comes, but because we were able to launch it in January and we knew this semester was going to start, we thought, let's let's go for it. Let's give them the opportunity to be able to do something now. So um, yeah, we're super excited about it, Sessa.
0: I mean, it's all about um making or giving opportunities for survivors to continue um, growing um, in their careers professionally. Um, one of the one of the previous podcasts that we've had in the last few years was the criminalization um of of victims of survivors, so the things that we heard in that podcast were that oftentimes um, survivors are left with a criminal record after they uh, have escaped um, trafficking. And so that having a, a criminal record has made it Extremely difficult for them to get back into the work of uh, working field, for them to get jobs, um, get well paying jobs to be able to do, you know, support their families. And so that's why we want to come alongside them and provide them a resource, um, provide them some funding that could help them further the education, get a certificate, um, get a vocational, uh, vocation, you know, degree, uh, and be able to, you know, support themselves and their families uh, without having to worry about, hey, um, you know, this criminal record is is gonna weigh me down. So that that is huge. Um, so thank you for sharing uh, some of that. Hey Chuck, you do a lot of different work here in San Antonio um, with the organization that you work with. Tell us a little bit about the work that you guys are doing.
2: Oh so I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah yeah Let's go get like uh, send me the application because I got three survivors back at my turning point project right now that uh, would probably jump all over that three ways from Tuesday. You know, and I can tell you that You know, even if they age out of foster care, people are like, okay, a kid aged out of foster care, they get free education only if they go to a community college or a four-year university. I mean, I can't tell you how many of my young people are not going to be able to do a four-year university or a a community college because that's just not their learning style. But I mean, I, I can think of one particular case where we had a very talented transgender youth, right, who had been trafficked, severely trafficked. And they really desperately wanted to go to barber school, right? And then they got told by the state, well, yeah, you aged out of foster care. We'll pay for it. But you got to go to a college. We're not going to pay for barber school." I'm like, are you kidding me? Barber school? Yeah. Yeah. You know, barber school. I, I I, go to a barber shop, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, as a, you know, I get my beard done. I get my hair done. You know, they do all kinds of stuff. Those, those are true professionals, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and they make good money. Really Mm -hmm. good money. And this is someone that could become a productive member of society and everything else. And they're being told, well, you know, your dream doesn't matter because we're only going to do two year or four year universities. And that that is terrible. Yeah. So that's my stick
0: on that. No, thank you for sharing that. And that's exactly why this scholarship exists, um, because there are skills that can be learned um, that don't necessarily require a degree, you know, a master's, a bachelor's, uh, even an associate's. It's a certificate, something they can gain. Um, And so we will send you the information. And um, it sounds like a perfect opportunity for this person.
2: Right. So I work for Roy Moss Youth Alternatives. We're known a lot here and there as RMYA. Been around since 1974. So the agency started with a man by the name of Roy Moss, and that was his actual name. He was a real estate developer. And uh he would travel around town and it would see these kids underneath the bridges and in the alleyways and stuff, and he'd be like, Where is there no place for them to go? Like these runaway and homeless youth, right? You know, otherwise the jewel of detention. So he started an organization called Roy Mox Youth Alternatives. The first place he created was the emergency shelter, the bridge, where runaway homeless youth can go. There's actually a grant called RHY Runaway Homeless Youth that pays for a 21-day stay. So that was the initial creation of the agency. So way back in 2016, you know, we already knew each other back then. And let me tell you, folks, Caesar and, and CC were passionate years i mean i don't remember what year i met you guys but you were like we really want to do this We really want to do that we're passionate about it we want to bring awareness and can you come do a talk for us and we are just putting our feet in and i was like all right cool and you guys have just kept at it kept at it with the walk for freedom and and the podcast and and i mentioned i wanted to do a podcast it was just grown grown and grown and grown and grown and you guys have built this fantastic agency for freedom you know, that I now know your board members and I know your your friends and we have share friends. And you brought a, let me just, I'm going to digress a little bit, folks. Yeah. You brought this young lady to me about six, six years ago. She was timid. She was shy. She was scared out of her mind, right? But she was a survivor. And at that moment, you know, the Holy Spirit talked to me and said, this woman is going to be powerful in the field of combating human trafficking. And I tried to hire her, but because she had a criminal record, I couldn't hire her. Because uh, I worked for an agency that's licensed, and I was very upset. But but I started taking her around to talk. I took her to the airport, set up uh, human trafficking awareness for the officers. We actually found within a week they they recovered a 14 year old girl who was being trafficked out of California through San Antonio. And uh, you know she got introduced with the HSI people and started working with the Blue Project Blue campaign and started working on other campaigns. So, yesterday I got a text message from her that said, Today i become Chuck. I took a young survivor with me to do a talk, and I'm the primary speaker. She has become a powerful, powerful force fighting human trafficking, a powerful force that now works with the federal agencies to tell them what they need. So, the first person they talk to, that recovered victim talks to, is another survivor. Mm-hmm. That's working with the federal agencies and and out there training other survivors and become, and she's even with the governor's office now advising them. And you know, what God told me six years ago has come to light. Her name is Carla Solomon. And she's been on this podcast before. And I'm going to tell you, I am just so completely blessed that I got to be part of her story. And and you guys got to be part of her story, you know, And, and the way it all works together is just fantastic to me. So, Back in 2016, um, the governor of the state of Texas said, hey, we kind of need to do something about trafficking. And I had already been on the with a group called Alamo Harry Coalition Against Trafficking saying, we got to stop taking these kids to jail because that was the only place we could take them. Yeah. You know, and, and I was a special investigator for the state for 12 years, working uh, liaison with the San Antonio Special Victims Unit, actually housed with them. And we'd find a kid who had been trafficked. We'd pull him out of a hotel then we have to take them to juvenile the detention process. And then we have to take them for their sexual assault exam in handcuffs. And we're telling them you're a victim. And the kid's like, I'm in handcuffs. You know, they don't feel like a victim. Mm-hmm. So we talked about what would be the best avenue. So back in 2016, RMYA hosted a uh, T-Noise conference, Texas ne- uh, National Organization for Youth Services, right? And I was one of the speakers. And over lunch, we developed what's called Centro Segundo. And Central Seguro was primarily the birth of Julie Strench, who you know well. Yeah, right. That was her brainchild, and she is now on your board. Um, she she birthed that. She she was a visionary, right? And what we did is we created a place where young people, mainly really Julie, where young people, instead of going to jail when they're trafficked, instead of going to jail when they're runaways, they're brought to Central Seguro. And they're we have butterflies and fluffy pillows and stuffed animals. And we have, you know, good meals and stuff and brand new clothes. and We treat them like human beings
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they tell us their story. And once we identify that they've been a victim of trafficking or that they're at high risk for trafficking, I can do one referral to what's called care coordination, which got started through the governor's office and started here in Bear County and Harris County. And is now spread throughout the state of Texas. You know, um, I send no referral. Officers are on the way Do an offense report within 24 hours. We're doing a staffing in that staffing is myself, my master clinician, uh, the advocate, the person from our child advocacy center, right? The police detective, juvenile justice, CPS. And we're putting together a plan for this child. And every two weeks we have a service status meeting, which we expand on that plan. So if this child needs emergency shelter, RMYA, Roy Walsh Youth Alternatives, has an emergency shelter they can go to, right? Mm. That's connected to my program, physically connected to my program. And my case managers continue to case manage with them. They identify what they need, and they start breaking it down in baby steps to make it happen. The clinician, our family the resource center is connected to that. They're able to start their family counseling. And they're not just doing regular counseling. They're doing cognitive therapy. They're doing EMDR. I mean, stuff to really deal with. Um the trauma what's going on with that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the meantime, you know, if they're older and they need somewhere to go, we have our turning point project, which serves 18 to 24. We have six houses, right? Two houses are one house is girls, uh, uh, supervise independent living. male supervised independent living that we have runaway homeless youth houses. And then we also have a house that's sponsored by the city of San Antonio called the COSA house that's primarily for traffic and LGBTQ youth, right? So we're able to give them a place to live. Our case managers work with them back there, and they're fantastic people, right? But we're not there to babysit them. We're there to help them become independent young adults. Or if they're a minor, they need long-term treatment. They can go out to our um, Meadowland campus, which is basically like you know college campus meet summer camp. We got log cabins out there and it's all kinds of things that they can play. They got a pool, they got a skate park, they got a go-kart track. They got, you know, they got the the big gymnasium, the Spurs built. Spurs are very much involved with funding that. Um, And we have an on-site school there. We also have an on-site school at our San Antonio campus. So that, that focuses on credit recovery and working with kids with disabilities. So we even have community kids that attend. So we're able to do complete wraparound services for this child. You know, so if the if the child can go home once we identify them, they're going to get help at our counseling center. My case managers are going case manage them, right? If they need shelter, they're going to go to the bridge. If they need a longer residential treatment, they're going to go out to Meadowland. Or they or if they're older, they can go out to Turning Point. But so we have a basic thing of providing a wraparound service for these young people. Now, the program, one of the other programs that I supervise, is uh, called the Mobile Outreach Team, and I have three fantastic individuals, one's the safe place coordinator, one's my outreach case manager, and the other one's my outreach manager, right? And these rough and tumble individuals, right, they pile up our van that has butterflies down the side, you know, mobile outreach, and very visible. They pile it up, and they pile it up with things that the homeless can use, and they go out there and they find homeless youth that need help. They try to convince them to come in for help. Yes. Right. Because we know that a homeless youth is very susceptible to trading sex for survival and that's trafficking. It's called survival sex. But that's one of the ways that they can end up being trafficked is through survival sex. So we're out there providing for them and and, and trying to say, hey, all the things the trafficker is going to give you, we're going to give you for free. We're yeah. going to help you find housing. We're going to sign you up for rapid rehousing. We're going to sign you up. You need an ID card? We'll pay for that. You need a social security card. We'll pay for that. You need your copy of your birth certificate. We'll pay for that. We're going to go out there and find you and bring you in. So I kind of like to think of the drop in center Seguro, which is if you speak Spanish, you know, it means safe center. Yep. As the front porch of RMYA. Well, While our outreach team are out there, just, you know, and I, I go out with them because outreach is my first love. And, uh, you know, whenever I get a chance and I'm not doing paperwork, I go out with them and I see young people flagging them down. They know everybody that's out there. They know where the camps are. They know where you know the homeless hang out and they get out there and, you know, yeah, somebody needs a hug. They're giving them a hug. They don't care. You know, they're out there helping them. But most of the time, they're just giving them the supplies, talking to them about the program. Well what, what that leads to is, you know, I'll get a young person to show up at my door at Centro, and they'll say, hey, they told me to come here. And I'm like, who's they? And they're like, well, the old lady that lives in the park that couldn't come in here for help, but they told me that I don't need to be out here. I can go get help from you guys. And that it happens all the time.
0: Yeah. That's you awesome. know,
2: homeless, actual homeless persons that are adults, we can't give services to. We can just tell them where to find help, but are seeing young people out there, handing them our card and saying, go to this place, they will help you. Yep. It's beautiful word of mouth. I mean, and you know, I can tell you last year we identified ninety-nine clear concerns. Those are kids that have either been trafficked or confirmed, you know, or have are high, high risk of trafficking. A lot of times we had a that they were in some way. Um, and all of those kids, only one of them was not from Bear County. Not so were, from our county.
0: Yeah, right in our backyard. I mean here. So, it's here, yeah. Yeah. These are kids
2: that go to our schools here in San Antonio. These are kids that go to our playgrounds, that go to our park, that maybe have come to our houses, isn't you know, and, you know, I hear all these stories about folks that try to talk about trafficking and they say that, oh, you know, this kid got kidnapped from Walmart and all other stuff. You and I, Caesar and Cece, know that, that that's baloney, right? You know, yeah. everybody has a cell phone nowadays. You see somebody rough handling a kid, you're going to start filming it, right? The, the the walmart fullest of cameras they're going to get the bad guy on camera bad guys don't want that because then they can put out an amber alert and chase of down you can have an army of cops going after them the reality is is that my victims met their traffickers online and a lot of times they were talking to them from their own bedrooms and their own dinner tables because people were not paying attention to what they were doing
0: online
2: yeah you know because this kid felt lonely and they couldn't talk to anybody they started talking to the person that would listen to them and manipulated them. And then eventually convinces them to run away. And then it just goes as a runaway report. And there doesn't have an, with a runaway report. There's not an army of cops looking for it. There's not a detective assigned to look for them. If the police get to leave, they'll send a patrol officer. But unlike an Amber Alert, where you have a whole army of cops runaway hit and miss. And that's how they get their victims. That's, right. So what's dangerous is, you know, with kids playing online multiplayer games, if you don't know who they're talking to, they can be talking to the bad guy. You know, if they're in some chat room somewhere, they can be talking to the bad guy, you know, and, you know, we got to teach parents, hey, if your kid's going to play games, they can only play games with people that they actually know. And you know, their parents, if your kid's going to talk to somebody online, you need to know who they're talking to. And you have to know that person, you know, because if you don't, you can pretend to be anybody you want to online. I know. Yep. And they could be talking to the bad guy who might be some 40-year-old trafficker, mm-hmm. that's pretending to be a teenager on Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so unfortunate. So, Chuck, let me ask you, taking kind of a step back, because you're right, there's so many misconceptions Um You know theories out there about you know how people can get trafficked, and you're right. Kidnapping is probably the most common misconception. Although trafficking happens in a lot of sort of different ways, but is that what you see mostly here in San Antonio with the the age group that you that you serve? Is that is it runaways? Is that what we're dealing with mostly here in San Antonio?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. What it is is the kid gets enticed to go meet up. They're not intending to run away. A lot of times, they're getting enticed to meet up with the. they think is the 15 year old that lives in another part of town. That's super hot looking. And they get out there and it's 40 year old fat guy, you know, and it's like, Oh, I'm gonna take you to Joey or to your friend. And then they're out there. But at this point, this person knows everything about them. They have a lot of stuff to blackmail them with. Uh, Maybe they've already had them send nudes, all that other stuff. And they're going to manipulate them. This is how the kids are getting traffic, you know? And then the other thing I see is, which is just heartbreaking because it's on the rise. I, we get, I used to get a call like this, like maybe three times a month. I'm getting five, six calls like this a week where parents are saying, I'm sick of this little sucker. They won't listen to me. I want to drop them off. With you. I don't want to be with anymore. I give my rights. And we're like, it doesn't work that way. It's called abandonment yeah. or they're just kicking them out of the house. And, you're kicking a child that has a child's mind, even though they might be 14, 15, 16, 17. You're kicking a child out of the house. They can't take care of themselves. They have to rely on somebody else with resources to get the help that they need. They're going to get exposed to traffickers who are going to manipulate them. Yeah. Unless by outreach team can find them first. I mean, these you're responsible for taking care of your kid until they turn 18 years old or finding some way to take care of them. And, you know... You, you don't give yeah. up on your kids, yep. you know, and it's just, it's completely heartbreaking, you know, or I hear this one all the time. Mr. Chuck. I'm homeless. Cause I'm gay. You know, kid says, I think I'm gay at 16. Parents say, no, I don't like that. So you get out of the house. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I mean, these kids within 24, 48 hours, they're usually engaging in survival sex and that usually leads to exploitation. I mean, be yeah. careful what your kids are doing online. And for crying out loud, you know, because I tell you what we tell people when they say, I just want to drop my kid off. We're like, sounds like you have a problem with communication. Come on over to our family counseling and resource center and we'll do family counseling with you. And guess what? It works. The parents that do follow through, it works. And they develop relationships with their kids and they learn how to talk to each other. Yep. You know, but for crying out loud, you have got to try everything. And I, I've heard parents all the time say like, well, I've tried counseling before. It doesn't work. Well, did you go to family counseling or did you send the kid to counseling? And a lot of times they sent the kid to counseling and the behavior has not change. That's because, you know, I got to tell you, sometimes parents, you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have an attitude problem or you have a problem or you're something's going on with you that's causing the conflict with your kid. Yeah, because so. the kids
0: are finding what they are not the the needs that aren't getting met at home. They're finding them someone else, and so if the parents can meet that need, um, mm-hmm. whether it's you know love or attention, um, whatever that is, I mean, the, the kids will stay at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that, right. I think that's perfect. The, the like you said, is you guys have resources right. so that when a parent does feel like they're at the end of the rope and they want to give up on their child. You you have the resources to to get them the help that they need, which is the family you know counseling, and so that that's awesome. Um, those are conversations, honestly, that I think most people don't, um, or those scenarios, people don't put two and two together when they think about human trafficking. They don't think about uh, kids that are being coerced, um, you know, into doing something, or kids that are you know running away to you know find in someone something that they're lacking at home. Um, you know, but but it happens. Unfortunately, it happens. I think what we've seen here in San Antonio, the age is it what fifth? Is it still twelve to fifteen? Um, is that the age that we're seeing here? Oh no, is it? Younger? No, I can tell you that someone that no.
2: Well, you know, I mean, the youngest victim we've had is like six. And the oldest victim we've had is like, uh, you know, I mean, I've seen mature adults in their fifties. But um, you know, for the most part these individuals target people so they can manipulate and, you know, children that have a need are easily manipulated. Right. So, and and then young adults, you know, under 24, you know, they're manipulated much more easily because they don't, they don't want to take the time to invest in trying to get a successful single mom that has, you know, that goes out and works, pays her bills. They don't want to take the time to try to, and they'll try, but if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. They're going to, they're going to go after somebody that has a severe need. So, you know, it's not uncommon for us to get an outcry from an 18, 19 year old and find out it started at 16. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who are like, they want to tell it, say, like, my kid reached this age, they weren't trafficked. So now they're safe. No, that's not. No no, yeah. no, no, no. The reality is, is that anybody can be manipulated. Anybody can be uh, groomed. That's a simple term for it. There's actually a whole process of brainwashing called fractionalization seduction, which we've talked about here in the podcast before but um you know this is a way to manipulate someone and 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 make them think that they're a willing participant in this and that they're culpable so that they you know maybe they've committed a crime and they can't report it or something like that they can't go to authorities or they're embarrassed because there's new pictures out there of them or you know they were filmed in a sex act or something like that. And they're embarrassed. Or they're, they think their family's never going to love them again. You know, this is all stuff that they use to blackmail and coerce. Or they'll just straight up tell the kid, listen, you're going to do this or I'm going to kill your mom. Yeah, yep. And the kid might believe it because this person's got a gun in their mean. And they got tattoos on their face or something like that. You know, I mean, we're dealing with children here for the most part. Um, but, you know, we know that we've had survivors that didn't get free until their twenties, thirties, you know, late twenties, early thirties, you know, or, or now, like I said, I've seen, I've seen people who are being trafficked and they're in their 50s. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just, you know, people don't understand it. Like trafficking, sex trafficking is what we tend to focus on. I focus on and I You know, the most it mostly where it happens is like the illicit massage parlors uh, and the, uh, the, the adult, what do you want to call it? Adult orientated businesses like the strip clubs or sure. yep. or gentlemen's clubs and stuff, they all have champagne rooms, VIP rooms where the actual sex happens. But, you know, then there's online and, you know, there's 81, last count, there's 81 different sites that broke off of Backpage and sell sex. Both those servers are outside the United States. So we can't believe them. Yep. But a lot of times, they don't even use those. They don't use those sex sites. They use Instagram, Facebook mm-hmm. Messenger, uh, Snapchat, yep, TikTok now, TikTok, yep, TikTok. That's what they use. You know, um, and, you know, like there's a there's there's a particular site out there that they try to encourage young women especially and young men to create this thing. And um, really, what it is is just advertisement, and then they message through TikTok or something like that, or Instagram especially. Um, you know, and they're like, "Oh, you can make a lot of money just, you know, dressing sexy and filming it, and people will send you a bunch of money." It's just, a, it's just an avenue in the trafficking. Yep. Yep.
0: So yeah. It's see it over it's and evolved. over again. Yep. It's evolved so much, and trafficking is keeping up with, you know, the times. Yeah. They're keeping up with these new apps and new uh, fads, and um, I think that's why, you know, kind of putting it all together, that's why the awareness is key, right? Is the more information you know, the more you know about this issue and how it happens, um, the apps that are being used, the ways that it can happen, um, the more you can do to protect yourself and protect your family, protect your loved ones, protect your friends. Um, and, and that's why conversations like these are super important um, because most of the time what you hear uh, from someone that was trafficked, trafficked uh, is that they didn't know it could have happened to them um they they were Mm -hmm. you know until it happened they they never thought it would happen to them so it's it's and the thing
2: is is that you know they're manipulated they are coerced they're tricked they're lied to there's there's all kinds of avenues Mm -hmm. but in the end you know there's also the embarrassment factor too where where you say you know i have to ask for help or and then they also have that trauma bond where they believe they cannot escape yeah and you know this is all stuff that has to be dealt with in therapy so the reality is is that awareness is what's called prevention, right? The more awareness there is out there, the more you prevent. You prevent someone from being trafficked. That is a lot easier. That is a lot faster. And that's also going to prevent this from happening, you know, whereby when someone's been trafficked, I could tell you it takes years, Mm -hmm. years of cognitive and behavioral therapy to recover from what's called compound post-traumatic stress disorder, which is what they do deal with that without help could lead to drug overdose or suicide or any number of mental health disorders that could be life-changing, you know, and, and a lot of times with these parents, they want a quick fix and there's not a quick fix. once the kids in traffic? Yeah. You know, it's going to take years. It's going to take a lot and you're not going to get the kid they were before they were trafficked because that person's gone. They had to become somebody else to survive trafficking and who they are is going to be the person they become on the opposite side of therapy. Trauma changes everybody no matter what kind of trauma you get into a car wreck. It's going to change, may change your driving habits. You know, uh, that's because of the trauma of it. I mean, it's just simple things like that. You know, awareness is the prevention piece that's saying, Hey, this happens. These are the signs, you know, that it's happening. Like if your kids getting Amazon packages with somebody someone they're talking to online and you know the kid can't afford it, ding ding ding, they're being yeah. groomed for trafficking.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, this is I mean that's the biggest thing now. Amazon pack. I mean, I, I, I mean, it just I, as a father and a grandfather and someone who has adult daughters now, if what when my daughters were teenagers, if they received a package in the mail that I didn't. I didn't know who was sending it to them. I would have been very suspicious and I would dug into that. until I found the answers. Yep. Yep. And, and I just don't understand, you know, how an Amazon package, you show up with kids like, Oh, I got a new gaming system or something like that. Or I got a new, you know, new outfit or something. And parents can't be like, well, who the hell sent that to you? You know? Yeah. It's just, and this, it's all about communication. It's also about what well, I tell parents is the best way to protect your kid is the more connected they are, the more positive connections they have. Do they have positive connections in school? Do they have positive connections with things that they like, like, do they like sports? Do they like music, do They like art, do they like whatever? Right. And are you as a parent investing in that spending some time with that? to Let the kid know that what's important to them is important to you. Right. They have positive family members they can reach out to. Extended family members. They have positive people within the communities that they're engaged with, because traffickers try to isolate mm-hmm. the victims. Yeah. Isolate them makes them think they have no one else to go to. It's literally predatory behavior, like you see the you know the pack of wolves isolate the small deer out there to take them down and kill them. Right. This yep. is this is the predatory behavior we see. So reality is is that you know when you do prevention and and you know the family group or you know the extended fit the loved ones can see what's happening and they intervene you just save that child years and years of trauma and therapy
0: yeah and we've seen it we've seen you know people reach out you know asking hey i need help for my daughter i need help for my son um i'm seeing things happen um oftentimes like you said there's a uh, a shame that comes with you know knowing that maybe your child is in a situation that they can't get out of. Um, but forget that you know get the help that you need. Um, there's plenty of organizations out there doing work, but we're hearing about one today, and that's RMYA. So parents, we know that being a parent is difficult. Um, you have a hard job, but, um, make it easier on yourself by getting to know your kids and knowing what they're into, what games they're playing, who they're talking to, um, you know, ask questions, uh, be engaged, be involved and, and do the same with your friends and family. Um, sometimes, uh, we don't listen enough. You know, sometimes there are signs, people are telling us stuff, family members are telling us things, but we're so preoccupied with everything else that we don't pick up on the little things and, you know, listen, be, be better listeners. be, be there for each other, help each other out. Um, you know, that that's what we can do. And, and I'm so glad you said that awareness is prevention and and that's the whole goal behind all this is preventing someone else from being trafficked, um, whether it's your loved one or, or someone else's loved one. Um, you know, so a lot of great information, any last thoughts that either one of you want to leave with our, our leave our listeners with, as we uh, continue to bring this issue up.
1: I, I would just add, you know, to everything y'all said, um, with the whole piece about family dynamics being super important, you know, that's part of prevention too, right, is everything that you mentioned, you know, get plugged in, have connections with your family members, things like that. Um, I think as a parent, sometimes it's really difficult to admit that we're not being the best parent we can be, that we're not being the most attentive to our kids or giving them the attention and the affection that they need in their stage of wherever they're at, whether they're super small or teenagers or even adult children. Um, but it goes a long way when you're finally able to like, take that pride out, out of the window and say, I'm just going to connect with my children, because I love them more than I love being, you know, this way, because this is the way I've always been, you know, so, I just want to encourage parents out there, if they're having a really hard time with admitting that maybe they're part of the problem, just start over, you know, just start over wherever you're at. And and know that we've all been there, <laughs> that we've all been there as parents. We've all had moments where we regret the things that we have said or the things that we've done and that, you know, your children have this innate ability inside of them to forgive you because you're their parent and they're gonna forgive you because they love you. Um, so just don't don't let anything get in the way of that. You know, just start over. That in itself, creating a really good relationship with your children, is prevention. Um, this has been a great dialogue, Chuck and Sessa. Thank you for having me on. I wanted to just um, let our listeners know that for the month of January, we're putting out some videos on our website and on our social media platforms that what I really try to do is take the big, you know, human trafficking word and break it down into very simple terms that that are like this, just having a dialogue. Because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a lot of TikTok videos on what human trafficking is, and people get really confused. But when you have a dialogue, just like we're having, sometimes it's a lot simpler to understand. And so I hope that everyone finds those helpful when they watch them. And by all means, if you have any questions, all three of us would be happy to answer them for you. Um, So please reach out. Chuck is a great resource. Um, uh, We actually were scheduled to have Carla on this episode. And just wanted to say, you know, she's a wealth of knowledge as well and has so much useful content even on her website Um, if you've never heard her story she's shared it here on the podcast so go listen to it Um, but we are extremely proud of her and everything she's done but also Julie you know in the in the Resource that she provided in RMYA has just been uh, phenomenal, and and we are so eager and happy to see her on our board. And and she's helped us even grow in the short amount of time that she's been on our board. So, just wanted to wrap that up by saying thank you, and and just putting out some
0: information on what's available. Yeah, thank you so much, Chuck. Any last words?
2: So one thing I tell parents: parents, please listen to me when I say this. Your kids, you're not going to stop your kids from using technology. If you take away the cell phone, they're going to use their buddies at school, right? What you're going to want to do is you want to start open dialogue with them. You want to tell them, listen, if someone is trying to get you do something you want to do, someone's trying to ask for naked pictures or something like that, you can tell me, and I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to take away your cell phone. I'm not going to isolate you from everybody else. But if you have a kid that says, yes, that happened to me, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to say, I'm sorry that happened to you. You're a victim. You're going to want to get them in a counseling, but you're also going to want to immediately put that phone in airplane mode. That will stop the bad guys from being able to get into the phone and hack it and do anything to it. right? And then you're going to want to call the police and let them image that phone so they can go chase the bad guy while you focus on your child. That is a world- of investment it's like investing a billion dollars in your child's emotional health because they know i can talk to my mom and my dad about what's happening and and, you know even if if i think i'm gonna get in trouble they're gonna listen to me and i'm not gonna get in trouble like one thing i did what my daughter's was i told them lying is very you know to me it's it's bad And and we must have open communication. So, you know, we're talking about something. I want you to tell me the truth. And, you know, if I find out you lied about it, then there's going to be consequences. If you didn't lie about it, then we're going to talk about it and we're going to try to correct it. The other thing I did with my girls is if they were passionate about an argument they had about I should be able to go to the sleepover or something like that, instead of arguing with them, I'd say, go prepare an argument and I'll listen to it. And I would listen to it. And if they made a good point, I concede that good point. They didn't, you know, I'd say, okay, I heard you and they felt heard. And that's the one thing, make sure your kiddo feels heard, right? So these are things you're going to want to emotionally invest in your children because this is how you're going to protect them. This is how you're going to stop this person from invading your home because they, if they're on your cell phone or your computer, they're invading your home, right? This yeah. is how you're going to stop this person from doing it. This is how you're going to tell this person, listen, you know, my pride or whatever is not important when it comes to protection of my child, you know, and let the police hunt down this bad guy. They're pretty good at it. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, I work with those guys, in the special victims unit. They're really good at it. Right. And they will hunt this person down and they will make them pay. And here in Texas, especially we're getting some serious, we're getting 40, 50 year sentences, life sentences for traffickers, <laughs> Right. That's good. This this is a place where we have care coordination. We go after traffickers, right? You see something, say something. If you're if you're on vacation and you're at some nice resort here, you know, and you see, you know, all of a sudden, middle of the day, this kid should be in school. It's like one o'clock on a Tuesday, and you see a an older man, you know, nicely dressed. They've got a younger person with them, you know that looks like they have hyper-sexualized clothes, looks like they're not dressed for the environment that they're in, you know, and they're being taken up with this older person. And you definitely can tell they're not related because guess, what? I mean, we can tell, I mean, you know, um, you need to go to the front desk and say, I think I saw trafficking, you know, Yep. don't be afraid to say something, tell authorities, because if you don't say something that you're just saying, the worst thing you can do is nothing. That's how evil exists is by people being too embarrassed or too scared to do nothing.
0: Yep. Thank you both for sharing your heart and, you know, sharing the information that you have a lot of great, useful information um, to our audience. I, I remind you that there are resources. There is help here in San Antonio. There are organizations like RMYA for freedom, uh, for freedom initiative that are doing great things here uh, in San Antonio, and you can get the help that you need if you need it. Um, and so, um, you know, we're not, we're, we're we're not just allowing this to happen in San Antonio or around or around the world. We're stepping up and trying to, you know, educate you so that we can stop this from happening and, and to anyone that you love or yourself. And so thank you once again for joining us, Chuck, Cecilia. Uh, where can they find your uh, RMYA? Is it rmya.org, Chuck? Great. And then we've got forfreedominitiative.org as well, where they can find more information. Um, and so if you need resources, again, these two organizations are doing great things here in San Antonio. So once again, thank you, Chad Thank you, Cecilia. To our listeners, continue to follow us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Talk, and leave us a comment if you have any questions uh, or you can reach out to us individually. Thank you so much.